Welcome to the Yoga Addiction. If you're a yoga teacher or student who wants a deeper understanding of yoga with respect to science, health, and longevity, this podcast is for you. Every week, we'll dive deep into a topic to help you be a better yogi, teacher, and communicator. We want to give you a practical understanding of the current science related to yoga and help you create quality, safe, and inspired classes, whether they are for yourself at home or for your students. I'm Natalie Sanger. And I'm Sandy Hewitt. We look forward to you taking part in our conversations. All right. How's it going, Nat? Not bad. You just woke up? A little sleepy. <laughs> it's your like new routine now. You get up, you roll out of bed, and you podcast. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like not too big of a difference of time that I get up for work or if I'm going to work out or go to yoga before work, though. So it's... Yeah, it's pretty the same, I'm, I'm sure. It's pretty similar, but... Yeah, just Monday. It's a Monday. We're recording on Monday. So. Yeah. Oh, and I got my period yeah. like in the middle of the night. Oh, shit. Yeah. And I was like, that's yeah. why I felt extra sleepy yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I got my period yesterday. Uh, oh, like in the morning, I think. Oh, mm. no. So, it would, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I think my cycle is like a couple days shorter than normal. Which is a bummer. Huh, weird. Um, maybe I'm like yeah. syncing up with you across the country. That's <laughs> yeah. It's our energies. Our energies are like, hey, Nat, want to have our periods? Okay, sure. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, it's supposed Boom. to be like three more days, so I'm like a bit shorter. That's not not my favorite thing, but whatever. Mm. Lady problems, mm. period problems, lady problems. Uh, yeah. This this cycle has been pretty good. I've been trying to like watch my diet a little bit more to um increase like fish and um just veggies mm-hmm. <laughs> for like blood sugar stuff. And this one has not been as bad as um some other ones. Oh, that's just good. Depends. It's really cool when that happens. Yeah. Like yeah, I notice a difference too on my f- movement level and what I'm eating. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Lifestyle has such a big role in it. It's something like I feel like they should teach that in school. Like, hey, do you not want to hurt anymore? Stop eating pizza. Yeah, <laughs> just try it. <laughs> I guess the problem is, is it's like a long experiment. It's not like a a short. Like the next day you feel it, it's like, oh, well, okay, we will wait for a month or a little bit less or a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did it work? I don't know. You, you <laughs> were doing you like, like that portion control stuff. Did you yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, stick yeah. on that? Or I'm sure like as soon as you start, you don't have to think about it as much. It's more routine. Yeah, it does get more routine. But um, ever since last week, we've just been sort of falling off of that. bandwagon. <laughs> it's hard, right? It's hard to like, when you want to eat out, that's when like everything goes to shit. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, God. Yeah. Oh god! Yeah, yeah, like you can't portion control that. It's and you want to enjoy eating out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, at home we will be we will be a lot more cognizant of like okay, we have to have four cups of veggies, and it's it's so much. And even the fruit content, it's like three cups of fruit. That's like I I don't think I was eating that before. I don't eat three cups of fruit. I don't think, but I don't know if that's necessary for me because I probably eat more in the veggie department. Like I'll eat. Yeah, yeah, you eat a lot of veg. I, I can eat like seven cups of edge. Holy shit. Well, like, How do you not poop I, your pants? I don't know. I think it's like, <laughs> I'm not sen- I'm not sensitive to that stuff. Yeah. Because when I first started it and I was like, okay, four cups of veg, I was like, I told you I was shitting all the time. Yeah. Like, how do I stop shitting so much? 
<laughs> it's because like yeah I, I'm used to more carbs but now you know what now it's better yeah now it's actually like one poop a day um maybe two and it's it's like slowing down <laughs> yes it's good you're normal normalizing yeah <laughs> it's so funny isn't it um but yeah I noticed that really helps the the blood sugar um regulation by having more veg- veggies and less um carbs uh and the carbs that we do have um we are a lot better at having them at home. So it's something like either a gluten-free piece of bread or or it's like a potato or a sweet potato or um, corn. Corn mm-hmm. is a counts as your carb, which is actually mm-hmm. like it's also a vegetable and full of fiber, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot healthier. Yeah. Good. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. We're going to get back on the bandwagon this week and try to um, do it to lose a few pounds. Oh, so. interesting. Yeah, that'll be cool yeah. to see how that is. Yeah, willpower, mm-hmm. motivation. It'll be a real, real interesting test of those things. <laughs> it's well, it's just like changes the meals that you make and you get like it always just pushes you a little bit to find new recipes, which I like. Yeah. 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 And that it is it is fun to do. I like recipe finding and making. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You find some good yeah. stuff. You just like yeah. you get stuck in like the thing the veggies you buy, the meats you buy, or yeah. yeah. Whatever. Yeah, good for Isn't you. Isn't it funny? It's so funny how like remember like a few months ago we were just like, oh, we fucking hate cooking. It's such a, it's such a like ordeal. And now we're like, yeah, we like recipes and we like. Cooking. <laughs> it's just the season change too. Like in the summer, you don't want to be inside in the kitchen. You don't. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. It's That's true. what I find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas like fall is like, all right, I'm I'm okay with being a hermit. I'm okay yeah. with like, let's just stay in and make like a soup. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. That's my jam. it's your pie okay what are we talking about today we're gonna talk about the si joint more because it was too much for one episode last week no yeah it was way too much it's like it really is like a a big conversation but we're just given given some of the basics some insights you know so it's not so like mysterious yeah do you want to do like a really quick overview of what we sort of discussed last time okay i think i remember we did not do this like one episode after another like someone who's organized would because we're not (laughs) (laughs) this was five days ago all right we talked about structurally where it is in the body um Mm -hmm. your spine connects to your pelvis that makes the si joint we talked about some of the muscles briefly, kind of the, the muscles that influence it. So anything influencing the hip and the spine, especially the lower spine, but other muscles as well. Um, we talked about the muscles that are more commonly tight that can affect it. And then we did brief on some of the stuff you have to look at to counter that tightness. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked about the adductors, the piriformis and external rotators, the quadratus lumborum. Um, I'm trying to think. Did we talk about glute med? We didn't. No. You're- we did a little bit of glute max, just like bridge. We discussed a little bit. Yeah. Um, we, yeah. We think we briefly went yeah. into that. That one's more weak. Um, and then you were talking about internal and external rotation. So with the external rotators to strengthen the internal rotators a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we started, we wanted to talk more about the transversus abdominis, the TVA and mm-hmm. the psoas and probably the iliacus, but 
we yeah. timed out on that. Yeah, man, I just didn't have time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I guess the main takeaway from last time's discussion was trying to create a little bit of balance across this joint um, and noticing where imbalances or asymmetries, um, especially patterns of asymmetries, not just like the one time like, oh, this leg just didn't do it, you know, but like like consistent patterns of asymmetries that you notice again and again and again, like this leg is always harder to balance on or this leg is always weaker when I'm doing glute stuff um, and to address those with techniques like um, doubling up your repetitions on that side if it is like a one-sided exercise that you can do. Um, or maybe even like within one posture that's symmetrical, like let's say bridge, to push more into the side that you you know has this habitual um, misfiring kind of pattern that, that just doesn't work as well um, as the other side. So yeah, creating balance across the two sides of the hips to help balance the SI joint, which meets in the middle. Um, and the front sides backs of the joint so like thinking about the joint as this like three-dimensional um trampoline and you want to like pull on the trampoline on all sides to keep it nice and balanced so the internal rotators to counter the external rotators adductors i think we discussed adductors too too Mm -hmm. yeah inner thigh muscles yeah inner thighs to counter the outer hips um and i think that's all we got (laughs) to Yeah, that was it. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's keep going. Um, the front of the hip has the psoas. Mm-hmm. So I know that the SI is in the back of the hip. So it feels like it's an, it's kind of far because you have to go through the entire bones of your hips to get to the front of the hip. But why is the psoas um, so important to the SI joint? The psoas connects to your lumbar spine, which is right up against that SI joint. Like it's it's there. If it pull, when your psoas kind of is, especially not just the tension in your psoas, period, 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 it's a new one. (laughs) (laughs) So not just the tension in your psoas, period, um, but that asymmetrical tension. So one more on side of the other, Um, which is just common from us crossing our legs or, I don't know, holding a kid on your hip or whatever. Um, So that kind of asymmetrical. Asymmetry in the lumbar spine, creating maybe a little bit of a twist or torsion or um, what's it called? Oh, my God, I'm blanking so hard when your spine is like in that little S-curve. Scoliosis. Yeah, scoliosis. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Something that I know. Um, Yeah. So it just like creates that little bit of movement in your lower spine, which is going to affect your SI joint, how how Mm. that lumbar spine connects to your pelvis. And it actually, so the muscle belly, so you're imagining like if I could take away your, the skin of your abdomen, then all the organs, and then I'm like eviscerating you completely until I can like see the front of your spine. So the front of the vertebrae. Um, we would be able to see the psoas originating from the lumbar vertebrae and then coming down into insert into the femur. Mm-hmm. And so as it, as it crosses this like, it's like a downwards and a little bit sideways kind of journey. It actually crosses the front of the SI joint as well. So the muscle belly or what, what I'm not sure if it's a belly or if it's just part of the muscle, um, it'll actually like sort of sit um, over that SI joint. Mm-hmm. And all the fascia yeah. that's around it. Yeah. Yeah. And all the ligaments and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So there, there might be a fascial, um, component there as well because it is I mean it's just sitting right in front of it um it's not like I don't think it's attached directly to it but like 
like with anything that has like a moving part that has a move past another part, there, there should be some good lubrication and there's a p- potential for um, dryness and stiffness and adhesion. So mm-hmm. there, there's always that possibility when anything moves against one an- another thing. Yeah. And the, the psoas gets more, I don't know, attention than the iliacus, which is a muscle. Sometimes they're talked about together, the iliopsoas, they're grouped. Um also does flexion of the hip, but it's so it's attached in the front of your pelvis. What's it called? What's the bone called? Ilium. Ilium. Thank you. That's why it's called the iliacus, because ilium. <laughs> thank you. I just think oh, of it. Oh, morning brain. <laughs> I, I think of it as like a little like mouse ear, but that's what it is. Yeah, like, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. So it's on the front, yeah, it front side of the wing. If you take like, if you find your frontal hip bone, that ASIS, the pokiest one in the front and then you just walk your fingers in and you kind of push back you have to soften your abdominals i'm like poking at mine right now oh my god Mm, yeah so it can it can really overwork as well um i think it gets missed sometimes because yeah i also as much as we talk about the psoas the psoas is really dependent on what you're doing like it is a hip flexor but i i think the more i learn about about it and there are mixed ideas out there still um but it's a little bit more of a stabilizer than a mover which one iliacus the psoas so Mm. if you're a sitter if you're sitting all the time your spine in relationship to how your legs are that kind of 90 degree angle that you're making with your butt um it's going to be kind of on a lot to hold you in that position and it can get over tense and kind of stuck in a shorter position if you're not someone who sits all the time like we're not supposed to be doing Mm. (laughs) um if you're like a more mobile person who is active and like you just don't have a nine to five where you sit like you might have iliacus issues if you if you are having issues in one of those hip flexors that's actually doing more of the moving, the pulling up. Yeah, I think they they're it's both the stabilizing and the because it is it is quite active in like sprinting and running with your rec fem like with, with the quadriceps like with the quads, yeah, yeah, like they work together, right? So I wouldn't say that it's it's not a prime mover. It's still it's still a pretty big, juicy, well developed muscle. Remember in the cadavers, it's still pretty like it's pretty thick. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to do some more research into it. Mm, like, I believe yeah. that it moves. It's attached. It moves. But I think it's a little bit more passive. I've just heard that a lot. Really? Yeah. Hmm, so I'm I don't not know. sure. We won't conclude on that. But it does. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. It's not like, I don't think it is like the first one that turns on when you're taking a step. I think it's more like a little more holding and stabilizing. Interesting. It's, it's, it's a it's deep like, muscle. It is. However, like when you think primary hip flexor, everyone says psoas. Yeah, but I think that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm not sure. Um, but all I know is like with within the yoga context, um, the iliacus and the psoas are really hard to differentiate. Like it took me a long time and I'm still not sure that I can feel the difference between the two. Um 
but within myofascial release that's when you can really feel the difference mm-hmm. and that's when it, when it started to make like oh, okay it makes a little more sense um but yeah for a lot of us we won't have the ability to do <laughs> myofascial release within a group context anyway so the iliacus is just a little bit di- differently p- placed and the reason in yoga we group them together so much is because it's really difficult to differentiate the two differentiate the two is in like isolate one in a movement basically right is that what you're saying oh yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. or even in like a posture like can you feel like in in crescent lunge can you feel the difference between your iliacus versus your psoas Mm -hmm. i can feel my iliacus more i think it's it's really hard it just depends like if you have only on my my right side i can just feel it like Mm -hmm. deep in the front of my pelvis and it doesn't go into my belly at all um i mean yeah like that's that's tough right that's really a I don't know. I don't know if a lot of people would have no. that experience. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Some people will never feel tension in their psoas. Like it's just if you're. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like if you don't sit a lot. I'm surprised you feel it. Really? Yeah. Because you're pretty. You got a lot of range I, of motion. I run and I cycle and. That's I true. I do a lot of. Yeah. I do things that are repetitive. Yeah. So that's true. Yeah, like any muscle that like that you put through a repetitive motion, it's it's gonna get cranky sometimes. It's gonna be like, no man. <laughs> we should we should look up some articles on like running um, to look at the activation of the psoas because it's not like not like I don't believe it's a hip flexor. I just think it's more active in the stability of hip flexion. So mm. sitting, like you are in a flexed position in your hip. And your psoas is like what's actually just controlling where your back is there. Does that make sense? And then I, like I, I don't know. I I think it's it depends though, right? But it's like know, it's the sure. tenderloin. It's the tenderloin in <laughs> in pork. Like it is uh that's one of the things that's been discussed as a it is a more tender muscle because it isn't used, like it doesn't contract as hugely as say like you're more probably more tough quadriceps yeah maybe maybe um i don't know but it is like it is also endurance muscle right so yeah that's also in a pig so who knows yeah also in a pig yeah so like it it should be mitochondrial like density should be very high Mm -hmm. it should be like an endurance kind of um long holds as well as stability like i'm not sure we'll just have to look it up the psoas is really super complicated people write books on that thing oh yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it does do hip flexion though. So that's not and for it, sure, and it does sure. get overly tight no matter yeah, like in a lot of people. So it will affect your SI joint in the end, whether it's the prime hip flexor or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Segway. Yeah. So the way that it can affect the SI joint is yes, an asymmetrical pull on the front of the hip. Um, it could have that fascial potential for adhesion because it does have to cross in front of the SI, the front of the SI. So an area that you cannot touch with your fingers unless, I don't know, unless you could eviscerate, <laughs> it's gonna like take out all your guts. And oh, push it's it. really yeah, but really uncomfortable <laughs> one. Super deep. Yeah. Um, and any other potentials for affecting the SI? Um, the psoas specifically? Yes. I think just that asymmetrical tension. That's just going to yeah. pull it out of whack. And then the same with the yeah. iliacus. Asymmetrical tension there is going to yeah. pull one yeah. side of your hip yeah. forward. So how do we, how can we sense that it's, um, how can we sense that there is an asymmetry there? 
Like what, what would tell us? If you're doing a pose that have, has hip extension involved and you can feel it on one side or the other, or yeah, that's what I would go with primarily probably. Yeah. Yeah. Give me an example. Mm. Low lunge, <laughs> high there lunge. Yeah. 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 The mm. high lunge will get you out. Well, depending on the way you do your low lunge, it might get you out of your quads more. So more directly into iliacus or psoas. Wait, high or low? High. High lunge gets you out of your quads. Yeah, because to do high lunge with your legs so far back, you, I'm trying to think, you're straightening your knee more. The more your knee is bent, the more you're going to be into your quads because your quad straightens your knee. Mm-hmm. So you're, as you straighten your knee, you're toning your quads a little more, which doesn't mean you can't feel a stretch in it, but it's not in its... Um, longest position if you get a stretch in your quads you're going to get it at the very top in a in a yeah. lunge usually yeah so it's, yeah then, then exactly. that's like really hard to figure out what's going on there <laughs> what muscle i think the front yeah front hip they all they all act together mm-hmm. right like the quads help out the psoas iliac iliacus like helps out the psoas as well so yeah it's 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 a good one um i like i like a lot of um back and forth with the psoas so like you you go into like your low lunge or your high lunge like with the knee up or down and then you sort of back out of it and you go into it and you back out of it i like that kind of stuff for the psoas um or for the hip flexors um it just feels good it feels like you're not overdoing it Mm -hmm. i agree yeah (laughs) you just talked at like three times the speed that i'm talking no i didn't we're talking exactly the same speed I think your brain is just sleeping. No, man. We're talking exactly the same. You just ripped really? like ripped that off so fast. No. Oh, okay, sorry. when you go listen to it when you edit around the 20 minute oh. mark. It's hilarious. <laughs> but I agree. I'm you're you're very enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I like you. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a fast talker, guys. Um the other thing that I wanted to mention was um I like doing a little bit of trying to differentiate the strength of the psoas because your quads are, um, we're usually quad dominant, quad, blah, 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 quad dominant as humans. Like most people are usually quad dominant. There are some people who are more glute dominant, um, but the quads can take over the job of the psoas. Um, so what they'll do is they'll, they'll lift the leg more than the psoas will. And, um, that's one of the things where I'm, I'm not sure which is the primary, like, I think they both should be doing it. Um, and dysfunction will happen if one does it too much and the other one is just sort of like laying back on the couch doing nothing. Um, so you want to get him off the couch and get him to do some work as well. Um, so one thing I like doing is just like uh, um, sitting down straight legs and then lifting up one leg with the leg straight. So it's a lot of load. You're ask- asking your hip to flex a lot. Um, and then if you hold that for a while, you can sometimes begin to feel where the fatigue is, whether it's in the quadricep or in the hip flexor. Okay, so sorry. Um, you're sitting down yeah. on your bum with your legs straightened out in front of you. Yeah. And, and then, then you're just lifting a leg. Lifting one leg. Okay. And you're yeah. trying to figure out if you're doing psoas or quads. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. My quads will usually like clench so Over. hard. 
overdue yeah yeah the overdue so uh well see that like for me the thing with that one is to notice any imbalance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah oh, so yes. from side to side always right? one yeah. side yeah more yeah <laughs> so one side for me is always like the quad is screaming whereas mm-hmm. the psoas is just like yo man i'm not doing shit whereas in the other side it's like both are sort of tired to the same degree which i think is maybe more healthy you think Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe yeah maybe more healthy so um yeah on the side where the quad overtakes the psoas that's the one where i'll work on like trying to like staying in that lifted position but trying to use like trying to use the the like lift from the hip and just trying to visualize this lift from the hip or you can even like put a little bend in the knee and lift from the hip um and you can do it standing as well you know that utita hasta padangustasana c where you're holding your leg up Mm -hmm. hellish pose if you take that, if you put it into standing and you take the straight leg out of it, um, yeah. and, and you're specifically wanting to work more psoas so as. and iliacus mm. there, um, yeah. then you'll, yeah, so you'll take the quads out of it. And again, maybe the upper portion of your quadriceps still turn on to some extent to do that work. That's fine, but you're, you're not like the whole thing right down to the knee is not grabbing. Um, exactly. So that's yeah. like really good isolated work to just like in your yoga class, bring in some slow intentional leg lifts like pulling your knee up into your chest because usually when you get to a standing pose and you're doing um doing a balance well it depends on the class but it it can it can you can work yourself into it in a less mindful way like especially if you're doing tree or like some stuff so if you you can kind of like okay tree you know you're going like grab your foot put on your leg instead of like doing it really controlled and you've actually spoke to some nice ways that you like to do tree unassisted without your hands squeezing it in and all that jazz which is really nice i forget what episode that was oh my god a while ago that was a long time yeah (laughs) Um, if we remember we'll link to it but i don't know so yeah what you're what you mean is like to like stand on one leg and then in order to get to tree like slowly lift the standing or the slowly lift the tree leg up to the ceiling and then like pause a moment see if you can feel your hip flexors and then start to externally rotate out to the side mm-hmm. and see if you can feel your hip flexors as well as your glutes working and then like super slowly put it into tree is that what you mean just like getting into it in that like more mindful way exactly so like you might even work it into a flow a couple times without going into tree where you at the same time as reaching your arms overhead you bring one knee into your chest in like mm. a slow controlled way oh i like maybe it. you yeah. step back to like a lunge from there or something and then eventually you bring your knee up squeeze in and then ex- add the external rotation and you can do that but yeah like working in that slow and mindful movement of squeezing your knee into your chest and standing uh yeah without just kind of like doing it as as a way to get somewhere else yeah. Which is like a lot of what yoga is. Like notice notice where you are right here. Like notice this part of the pose. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's so as strength and oh, I guess the other thing we should just caution is like overly stretching it. For me, I've I've totally overstretched it before and it's just so sore after. Do you ever get that? Like the sore front hip? Oh yeah. Well, it I'm not sure what it is, but I've had some sore front hip stuff for sure Mm. um actually saw like on instagram recently uh the neurokinetic therapy people were posting Mm. about 
not about SI, but about like all the hip stuff that can go wrong. And they're talking about sartorius too. Sartorius, Ooh. yeah, that's a interesting muscle that can, if your quads are not firing appropriately, that can take over. Mm-hmm. And I think that happens potentially in my body. Um, it's an iliacus or a sartorius thing when my quads get weak. Um, so that could have some play into it too. Because anything so that's l- like... Let's a, just see if I... Yeah, I was just saying that. Yeah, anything. It's Sartor. it goes like on the outside of the hip, right, and then crosses in front, and then it goes on the inside of your knee. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So it, it goes from the ASIS. I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's ASIS or very close. The one to below it might be the yeah. yeah. So it actually crosses the knee and the hip mm-hmm. at the front, from what memory serves for me. But yeah, it, it's like a little strap that goes outside your hip and then comes in front of your thigh and then comes to the inside of the knee, right? Yeah. It just like it can do more work than it should if your quads yeah. aren't yeah. doing all the Because it's a hip flexor and a knee um, straightener. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. I think it might I think it might flex the knee. I'm not sure. And it Oh, true. Because it goes Cause to the it, inside. Because it pulls. I think it. I think it does flex the knee. Hold up, I can Google this bad boy. Although I swear to God, I've Googled this and I've looked in different books and it said different things. I think it depends if it's stabilizing or moving. Also, you can look at it at the knee. It can flex the leg. That's uh, yeah. Then you're talking about the knee. When they say flex the leg, I think they're talking about the knee. And then they say flex the hip when it's at the hip. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So it can flex the knee. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then it will medially rotate when it's flexed. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So it'll medially rotate when it's flexed. And at the hip, it can flex as well, as well as weakly abduct and laterally rotate. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. We can talk about knee dysfunction later because that one would have to do with medial Mm-hmm. Oh, and it is ASIS, so it, go, it does go to all the way up to that okay. point, ASIS. Yeah. Interesting. Sartorius. It's such a little bitch. <laughs> it's trying, man. It's trying to help you. I know, but that's the thing. It's just like it does almost all the actions really badly. Well, it's like, hey, your other, your other, it's just trying to help. Yeah, it's a little like bitch. that, I don't know person in your life who's maybe hovering (laughs) i don't think anyone's hovering at my age though everyone's doing their own thing but maybe when you're like a kid it's like the helicopter mom you're a kid oh my gosh yeah it's like i got this (laughs) let the other muscles do their job god (laughs) chill chill sartorius I say that because mine is probably really fucking tight and really overworked. You'll just notice if you have like that little bit of medial knee pain. Um, I've been getting it recently with running more. Oh, no, and, really? Yeah. But I, I can, I just do some simple stretches and some myofascial around the ASIS. Um, mm. And then I do some isolated quad work usually and Bob's your uncle. <laughs> so, All right. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I guess it depends. Yeah. It depends on. But I figured out my way. Everyone. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. The next sexy muscle, transversus abdominis. Woohoo. We have a whole episode on this guy. Yeah. Episode. Oh my God. I always forget the number. Like two, I think. No. It's like our. I think Danielle's three? is two. Well, it's, it's, maybe it is two. Maybe you're right. One, two, or three. 
I never yeah, remember because we put right up there. We put it out in our first three and we put those out together. And that was a long time ago. Yeah. But they're great. Holy cow. Um, but yeah, if you want like a really good breakdown of TVA, like all TVA, we talk about it there. Um, as it applies to the SI joint, though, mm-hmm. what do you think? Well, the TVA is your spinal stabilizer. Mm-hmm. It also works with your breath. Um, I was lying on the couch the other day <laughs> and I had my hand, I had my elbow back and my hand just like in my top waistline or like my wrist was kind of there. And then, oh, like you, you like tucked a hand in your I was just, pant? I don't know. It was just like, I don't know. It was really awkward. My elbow was way back. What? My, just so okay. you pull your elbow way back and then my hand was just like along my waistline. And okay. It's not normal. And you were on the couch <laughs> I was on the couch. This? I was just like chilling, watching a Netflix. Okay. And... And my, the bottom of my exhale, I could feel like my waistline just contract subtly, like all of a sudden. And I didn't really, really realize it was with my breath. And then I was noticing it's like right at the bottom of the exhale. It was so subtle. It was very cool because I know it does that, but I've never really felt that without making it do that. Oh, the TVA. Yeah. yeah like yeah, it was yeah. just that unconscious yeah. little like pull in right at the, and I was just breathing normally, like shallow, normal breath. And then I adjusted and then I couldn't get it back to feel it. But it was cool. Anyway, so your your TVA (laughs) is always working regardless of if you're like exercising it. It pulls in with your breath a little bit at the bottom. Um, Yeah, but it stabilizes. I don't know know if I can feel that, man. I've got it was like like a very specific belly right now. Oh, yeah. No, don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it stabilizes your, your lumbar spine. That's so cool. It's mm-hmm. very, very cool muscle. And in your whole lower back, like you, it wraps all the way into, like you think about it more in the front of your muscle because abdominal, right? But it goes all the way around the backside and mm-hmm. inserts into your lumbar fascia. So it yeah. has that direct connection to your lower back, your SI joint. Yeah. 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 So I was doing today, I don't know if I should have been doing it on the, on the period, but um, a little bit of fire, fire breathing. Oh yeah. Breath of fire. I think that's yeah, well about it. Yeah. That's fine on your period, yeah. So no, but the so I was doing a yoga glow video and she was doing it from Danarasana, so bow pose, so grab feet and then suck the belly back mm. and exhale, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Um and it's so interesting because it's like times like that when like I could I know TVA is helping me exhale, but I could feel the contraction of the thoracolumbar fascia in the back mm-hmm. because I was also in a back bend, right? Mm-hmm. Which is so it's already in a shortened state. But it's cool because it's like you're snapping the belly back against the ground, but I'm feeling the contraction in my low back. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah, TVA is such an interesting like it's it literally is a corset that just like wraps around you. Yeah. And it attaches to the top of your pelvis as well. Like in the back. Yes, yes, yes it does. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, actually, the whole top of the pelvis, all the way in the front down to your pubic bone, essentially, wraps that whole I think it does, situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh-huh. So, yeah, it is very much directly attached to both sets of bones that, that create mm-hmm. the SI joint there. And so yeah. if your, your TVA is, like, besides it being connected, what's its role in SI joint dysfunction? Um... 
so it's it's more of an accessory, but a very very important accessory. Um, through for me, it's it's this idea that it goes okay. So I can see it in two ways. Um, it's stability. It lends stability to the low back, and we know that the low back, um, the SI joint, basically is where the low back connects to the hips. So if the low back does not have good stability, your SI will be asked to give more stability or to give more flexibility, just depending on what what it is you're trying to achieve and do with your your legs and your arms and your life <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yes. so low back will um low back stability will affect si stability it's like intimately connected in fact like i would even argue that you wouldn't want to really move your low back without moving the tailbone and the the hips like i don't really see a purpose in cat cowing with like locked hips and not moving that you know what i mean like moving your lumbar um, separately from your pelvis? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just so difficult because like we talked about, there's not that much movement in your SI joint. No, and there shouldn't yeah. be, right? Like we shouldn't be trying to put that kind of force through it. So like I'm I'm a huge proponent for just like let your hips move with the low back. Like just let it, let it go. This is natural. Like we need to do this to disperse force. Otherwise that force is going to get um, kind of jammed. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like sort of sort of jammed in into the SI area because you're trying to prevent that movement in the SI area. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, that's that's so, an important point because like when you're talking about muscles that are so closely placed um, with respect to where the SI joint is and you're trying to maybe do some stretching or release on them, you don't mm-hmm. you don't want to be feeling like this tug or pull in your SI joint. Like once you know that that mm-hmm. feeling of where the SI joint is, if you have pain in it, you don't want to be moving in a way where there's pain there. So you sometimes have to adjust what you're doing so yeah. that you can really isolate the stretch in that muscle and it and it doesn't pull on the SI joint more. Because you don't want yeah. more space in your joint for most people like the majority of people have a little bit too much mobility because it's been pulled out of whack. Um, there are cases exactly. when it's like you're really, really, it's not, nothing is moving in that area. Um, maybe more because of um, a more major injury where your body is laid down a ton of fascia to, to protect. Um, or yeah. you're just like a very stiff person. You're in triathlons or something. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you don't um, want to be yeah. like moving, moving it more, like you said. Yeah, good. Yeah. So you do want to move everything like all together so that the, the force is spread out across a number of different joints. And we know that the low back is made for movement, right? There's so many tiny little articulations. There's two facets out to the side. Then there's the vertebral body. Um, so there's a lot of articulations within the um, spine, whereas in the SI, it's like, like we mentioned in the other episode, it's just matted down with all these ligaments. And so if we try to like force those ligaments to stretch, it's sort of um, beyond their... It's not their purpose, right? The ligament purpose is to hold these bones nice and tight with giving a little bit of movement to disperse force, not to um, be an area where there's a ton of like jiggliness, whereas the low back is. So if we can give the low back a little bit more stability and we can allow everything to move together, so low back and hips moving together, um, that's 
usually a little bit healthier. And, and so the TVA is a huge role in that because it's one of the major stabilizers of the low back. Your rectus femoris, so the main six-pack abs, they're going to flex the low back and round your back as well as your um, SI will round everything all together, right? Um, and then the extensors of your back, the spinae, erector spinae, um, as well as the lats, the QL, a bunch of other low back muscles will um, extend you the other way. So um, TVA just sort of helps with everything it's a stabilizer it'll it's the little bitch that's hovering and doing everything (laughs) doing everything everyone's a bitch today but i think they're like not in a bad way no not in a bad way they're like 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 what are they like the office gophers is that what they're called you know like the interns that are you know go get me coffee go get me those people don't exist man like you gotta be so high up (laughs) <laughs> it's like tv show that's like that's what i've learned TV from show, tv yeah yes, i want to go to work and be like about offices someone give me a coffee doesn't happen no, people are like what <laughs> yeah it's more often that someone's like i'm gonna get a coffee do you want to come <laughs> yes exactly yeah yeah um tv is like so 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 untrue god <laughs> it is damn it tv i think all those jobs like with the recession in 2008 those jobs don't exist anymore if they did exist they don't exist anymore <laughs> no one can afford okay. to have people so, running around. anyways yeah it's true it's true oh, okay so another myth tv told me this morning i was watching the stupid commercial and it's like a little kid not wanting to take a bath i don't i feel like that is not true i feel like mm. maybe the kid doesn't want to stop what they're doing to take a bath but when they're in the bath the bath is like fun there's like you know there's water you know, like scrub it smells good like, i think you're right there like the bath is super fun once you get in there yeah but it's yeah so it's yeah not wanting to stop what you're doing totally but that's like with anything like if you're if you're a kid and you're having fun you never want to stop yeah. right you just want to keep doing cartwheels and you don't want to stop mm-hmm. doing cartwheels it's like going to like, bed like going to bed yeah is the best <laughs> it is the best but it's like stopping what you're doing yeah. there's like like so that's i think that's a, such a lie yeah. anyway just a just a pet peeve okay and okay another thing <laughs> i wanted to mention about the tva is that it like you were saying, well, you already kind of said it, it does help transmit force through your spine. So what that looks like is actually um, kind of tractioning your spine a little bit. So the force of mm. gravity downward to to move your um, vertebra closer together, it actually creates a little more space between them. Yeah, yeah, it can. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah for sure. And that that just like works against or opposes all of maybe the asymmetrical tension that's occurring. So it really like, I feel a big difference in my body, even if I'm just doing like a side bend or something like that. If I'm doing that with no um, no work in my abdomen, whatsoever, I'm just like totally not paying attention whatsoever to my abdomen. And I'm just doing a side bend, like a standing side bend, say. Um, and yeah. way different if I just like lightly draw in and up and it's not that toning curling forward, the rectus abdominis, it's more like that lifting, like you're getting your ribs away from your pelvis, that kind of tension upwards against gravity. Mm. I can feel a total difference if I'm having an SI joint pain or if I'm having mm. like f- even just within the muscles that feel like they're stretching, they're lengthening. It's a different, mm. it's a total different oh, game. That. Yeah. And like same with like reverse warrior, um, mm. A lot of things that can kind of go deep, especially they're so asymmetrical and they really 
push you to your end range of motion and some certain muscles there around that lower back spot. So um, I'm yeah. always like very cognizant of what's going on in my yeah. waistline and my belly. And it's again, it's not like a hard toning. It's just, a, it's a very light contraction. It's just like, this is here, this is, yeah. and I'm not gonna push it without keeping this on. Um, yeah. And then in transitions is where I've built like a ton of strength using my TVA. So using that to, yeah, to control like the, how my legs are moving with respect to my spine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, I love that. Yeah. There it's a, it's a really good stabilizer if you can get it into your awareness, into that like field of vision within your, your mind. That's exactly what it is. It's almost just like keeping your mind's eye on it Mm because it's not like having to contract. It's not like sitting in Danyarasana and lifting a leg. It's not like that. (laughs) It's not like, holy mother, this is on. It's just like, okay, very gentle as you move. And it's, it's excellent uh, to incorporate in those, those more like flow or vinyasa style practices. Yeah, it's a really nice one. Yeah. It's a nice one to cue. It's it's more subtle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so before we finish up, I just wanted to quickly talk about twists. Mm-hmm. So um Tw- twists are a little bit um let's let's first I'm gonna try to first explain a twist. <laughs> so <laughs> if you imagine yourself laying down mm-hmm. and, and twists are complicated, they work on so many multiple joints. And let's say we could just lay down just visualize your spine yeah Mm -hmm. and just visualize your spine just your spine moving so beautiful so wonderful you can spread it out like like you're wringing out a cloth okay let's spread it out across the entire spine unfortunately it doesn't work like that (laughs) so the low back has a lot less twisting um capability than the upper spine so your thoracic spine so let's imagine that the low back has um a lot more stiffness and we can't move it as well okay so that's locked in place and then the upper back is the one that's twisting a lot so Sometimes you can feel that because when you when you sort of put your shoulder down into the mat and then you turn the rest of the spine, most of the turn, you can even see it in a lot of people, is more in the upper back. And then the low back sort of just sort of looks neutral, mm-hmm. if that makes more sense. Yeah, it looks more neutral. Um, so let's say you, you plant that shoulder against the ground and then you're turning the spine away from that shoulder. Um, because the low back doesn't move very much in twisting capacity what's going to happen is the hip so you imagine your femur bone where your thigh bone sits in the socket that's going to move a little bit yeah does it make sense um yeah keep going i'm going to think about it (laughs) yeah so that's going to move yeah so that's going to move and the knees are for a lot of people they're not going to be parallel with one another when the shoulder is firmly down Mm -hmm. the the shoulders are like I don't find the best, um, oh, I don't know how to say it, like the best thing to look at when looking at twisting in your thoracic. Cause like your shoulder blade, it's the way your shoulder yes, blades like move on your back is right. a different thing. So if you have stiff shoulder blades right, and you right. can get your shoulders down, then you're doing like a ton of rotation in your thoracic spine. Um, and if you have yeah. super tight shoulders, then you can kind of see more actually where your shoulders are. Your, yeah, your, it, your spine does, is yeah. rather. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it will depend on the shoulder flexibility. Mm-hmm. But for most people, if you were to fully ground the shoulder and the shoulder's not moving and let's say a little, most of your upper back is down. Okay? Yeah. Most of your upper back is down. The, the knees will probably be, not be stacked. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we can agree on that. Mm-hmm. So because of the stiffness of the low back and it just doesn't, we know it doesn't rotate a lot. Um, the rotation 
lower down in the lower part of the spine is going to move into the SI because one hip is asymmetrical out of the other hip. Um, and what that does, so one spot thigh is more further back and the, the pelvis is tilted, yeah? Mm-hmm. More to one side than the other. Um, and so what that does is that it it does put a little bit of pressure on the ligaments of one side of the SI joint. Um, for some people, that can be perfectly healthy. Some people might even experience that as a piriformis stretch, right? That twisting position um, or an outer hip stretch. Um, however, if you do have an SI pain, um, that's one that's kind of... I wouldn't stay in it for very long. I would touch on it and then be like, let's, let's just keep going. Let's go do something symmetrical. <laughs> the, the thing I've heard from some teachers, um, I don't disagree, but I don't agree. Um, <laughs> one teacher, Uh-oh. one teacher, and she's excellent. Um, she will never do a, a supine twist without like a bolster block between the knees. Um, okay. And then, like, never worrying about whether your knees are, are stacked, right? Um, yeah. Because she says it's too much for the SI joint. And I was thinking about this the other day. Um, it's n- your body should be able to make that shape. Most people. Okay, here's the thing. Yes. Like, it's that's yeah. not going to hurt everyone. Your body should be able to yes. make a whole yeah. lot of shapes. If you are someone yeah. who has... SI joint pain like in a bad enough way that that hurts you then yeah you shouldn't do it you're not gonna hurt a perfectly healthy person by doing that movement however however you know that adjustment where some people put their hand um so a teacher let's say you're in the pose the teacher comes around puts their hand on the thigh puts a hand on the shoulder and adds body weight Mm -hmm. that that I would not do well that should be more of like a pulling your ribs and your pelvis away from one another it's more it actually like stretches for me some of the muscles that pull into my si joint it shouldn't be a pushing yes, down it, it could yeah yeah but like remember the position of the teacher is the teacher is in a crouch right like so mm-hmm. it just depends how the teacher is doing it and and how the teacher's body weight is landing on the student but yeah like that's not something i would it's not something I would do to everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I do that one, I put both hands on the AS, just above the ASIS, or just above your pelvis, basically, and I pull down, like down towards your feet. I'm not pushing you into the ground really anymore. If anything, mm-hmm. I'm almost lifting you a little bit. The opposite. Huh. Like, it's like I'm almost pulling up. And I I don't know. I feel safe doing that. Because I felt that in my body. Like, I have felt SI joint pain in my body. Um. And I felt that specific adjustment, call adjustment, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's not harmful, but any pushing or furthering the twist is like not good. Yes. Yeah. Furthering, furthering the twist is exactly. Yeah. 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 That's exactly kind of what I'm trying to get at. It just, I think it just really depends on the people you're working with. Mm-hmm. It depends on the person and it depends on the side. Yeah. I would do that also to more like a younger, more athletically built person. Um, I wouldn't do that to like my mom who has a lot of lower back stuff going on. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah, So I usually know a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. So if you're experiencing a little bit of pain, like just, and it might just like my pain threshold isn't so much that it keeps me from doing stuff, which can be a problem. Like I'm not sure. The SI joint (laughs) is tricky. Like it's not usually, it can be like a super stabbing ouchy pain and it can go down into your butt and 
all this other stuff. But if it's just like this pull around that bony little knob in your lower back, then maybe um, put a bolster block between your knees in those more passive twists. Mm. So yeah, actually, cause, I, I would just say don't stay very long. Yeah, because they are more passive. Yeah. Like they are going more into the ligaments. Like you are exactly exactly relaxing. Yeah, yeah. So that's exactly what I mean. Like, just don't don't stay for very long. Whereas I think like completely not doing them is also not helpful because then you never your body never gets that that healthy stress to do them. So yeah. do them. Just don't don't. I just for my personal practice, I'll do them, but I won't stay. Um, and I know which side I have to like be careful of. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the thing that I would replace that with is um, is not a passive twist, but an active twist. So you know how everyone's like, okay, chair twist, keep the knees together and then um, take prayer hands over to one side. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people are saying like, if you let your knees shift and not stack, that'll relieve the SI. It, For me, in my experience, it relieves it temporarily, but the next day I feel worse. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So yeah, and it could have something to do with the weight, weight the way weight is put into the heels, um, because it is a standing pose, and how long the duration that it's held for. So, um, what I find is really nice because remember this is a it's a what's it called when you uh, push yourself into the pose? It's a what kind of pose is that again? When you push, yeah, because your elbows against the knee and you're adding a little bit of a I don't know what you mean push right? active no um. It's like resi- leveraged. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, because you're you're leveraging your own um, strength to increase flexibility, right? Yeah. Um, I would I would take that part out of it, and and that's helped me a ton because you just feel your obliques turn on, you feel all the the stabilizers of your hips turn on. Mm-hmm. So starting from your twist, keep the knees together because this is it's actually a nice way to work your adductors. You can even squeeze a block and and keep the thigh bone positioning, but just add that act adductor work. Um, Find your twist to one side. Um, You can do a little bit of the leveraging, but I wouldn't stay long in that. And then just hover the elbow off the thigh and try to maintain the range of motion you've gained, um, adding that strength element as you squeeze the legs and work the adductors. The outer hips will also turn on because you're standing on them. Um, If you're, yeah, if you're pushing your knees in though, like I would have a block, kind of like lying on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can do like a gentle pull in with everything when you're when you don't have a block like you want stability there but you're not like cranking Mm -hmm. your inner knees as much as you can yeah yeah no 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 Mm -hmm. no you're not (laughs) yeah well because yeah we have that q angle right Mm -hmm. it's nice to have a little bit of space um but yeah like my purpose for all of that is just to it's to give the knowing that the si when it is unstable and for again when when we have dysfunction in it it's usually because it's too loose not because it's too tight so this is only when when it's too loose yeah when it's too tight we do want to give it some stretch Mm -hmm. but when it's too loose then we have to add that muscular stability that comes from obliques that comes from glutes that comes from inner thighs front of hip back of hip um and i like i like the chair twist for that the chair hovering Mm -hmm. twist for that yeah that's good not to work yeah not to work the not to work an increase in twisting through the hips or through the the ribs but to work the increase of strength through all ranges of motion yeah whether it's a twist or a squat or whatever it is yeah they'll put it more um well actually no what i'm going to talk about we'll put it more into thoracic spine um so on the on the twists as well like i have felt si joint pain in twists before um yeah and something that 
I think Tiffany introduces like, so you're in your twist and you're doing like a, a lunge twist, an asymmetrical twist, say low lunge. Okay. Um, you have your elbow hooked outside of your knee. That's what I can access in my body. And then you're actually working to move your pelvis in a way where it, the, okay, so say right leg forward, right leg forward, and we're twisting facing the right side. You're going to lift yep. the front of your left hip up. So you're untwisting in your pelvis. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. you're really like engaging yeah. to keep that steady. Yeah. Um, and I find then, then it goes more into my thoracic spine. If you do have a lot of SI joint problems and you have a lot of tension in your thoracic spine, especially in the rotation, you might still be feeling that there. Like if everything else is super tight, it, it's going to, you're going to, your body's going to move where it can move. So if you do have a lot of mobility in that SI joint, it still could go there. But for me, that's something that I felt su- like is super, super helpful. And in um, some other bodies with SI joint pain, they've felt that that's helpful as well. Um, but yeah, like mm-hmm. always, if you're feeling it, then maybe twists, maybe active twists, like those big twists are just not for you. And then yeah. another teaching, and I think Tiffany's done this, or maybe some other my teachers in Vancouver is like, like you said, very active. So it's more of a flow in and out. You can have your hands together at your chest and you're just twisting to where you can go and you're not hooking the elbow. And then you undo yeah, and then yeah, you, so it's yeah. really just abdominal work yeah. and like hip stability together. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Abdominal work and hip stability. And I think for me, it took me a while to get back to leverage twists, like to actually hook the elbow across the knee, not because I couldn't do it, but because I couldn't do it without pain for like a day after. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's never like at the moment that I feel it, you know, like at the moment there's too much blood flow. There's too much like stuff happening. It's always like, you know, you sit on the couch for a little bit longer and then you like have a good night's sleep and then you wake up the next day and it's like, oh, this hip feels loose, you know? Yeah. Um, like your butt and, has got to yeah. be on like yeah. crazy in that back leg, especially if your back knees off the ground, yeah. like you're yeah. not just sloppy you're not sloppy hip in the left hip. So it's again, right leg forward. You're like yeah. your whole glute max is on your glute meat. Like you're sucking in be, from yeah. the outside. So you're really doing all the work you can in your pelvis to keep things really yeah. stable there. If you're, if yeah. you're hooking the elbow, it is quite a ridiculous range of motion for just like someone who it like is. walks off the street <laughs> and goes into a yoga class. Like it's, it is quite stupid and people are thinking in their head like i should be able to do this look at everyone else it's like okay well half the people in here have pain Uh, (laughs) or they will have the next day and And that's that's what we have to keep your eye on and and to work really i don't know just like intelligently like if it if it does hurt then ease out of it or don't do it as often and don't do it as long Mm -hmm. you know do it like the once the week rather than every single class i know some isn't power yoga power yoga does it a lot right I don't know because I think well, your what you refer to as power yoga is, um, isn't it from like core? Are you talking about core power? No, it's like this. Um, it's a it's a brand. It's like a set sequence. I don't know. Yeah, we like when over here when we do power, it's not a set sequence. Yeah, it's not set no. sequence. Yeah, but anyway, I think I think the set sequence, one of them has it in it. I don't remember. Well, like an Ashtanga yoga, like you twist. I don't know, like, well, the last time I did, it was like, what is it? (laughs) Pretty quick out the gate there. And it's like the style where your back foot's on the ground. Like, aren't you? No, because you're like Parjva Parjva Konasana. Yeah. 
yeah that's ridiculous i was like no man it is yeah it is it is and then no i yeah. know like don't get me started on a shanga yeah your lats also because of the crazy. twist like the movement in your shoulders like if you have tension in your lats that can pull right down into your si as well oh for yeah. sure yeah the whole muscles yeah don't get me started on a shanga man a shanga cray cray mm. it's crazy love it and hate it <laughs> <sighs> all right let's wrap up because this girl's got to go to work all right um tva good so as be careful, careful of twists, love your SI, stability in all ranges. Yeah, I think that will give people like a, <laughs> between this one and the last one, you got to listen to the last one if you're listening to this. <laughs> listen to, is this is the episode right previous to this. Um, you'll have a, um, a better idea of like what affects that joint and, and uh, what you might be able to do for someone or for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, perfect. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks for the chat. I'm awake now. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Better than coffee. Oh, 100%. (laughs) Okie dokie. Talk to you next week. All right. Bye, Bye. guys.